0: Tonight I'll be preaching from the book of 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, and I'll be reading from verse 11 down to verse 13. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 11, the Bible says, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life and this life is in his son he that hath the son hath life and he that hath not the son of god hath not life these things have i written unto you that believe on the name of the son of god that ye may know that he have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name Of the Son of God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. We thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace towards us. Lord, we are so undeserving, but yet you love us and draw us to yourself. Thank you for the many blessings we've received from you, and I thank you again for the opportunity we have had to bring prayer requests before you and to take our burdens to you when we. Continue to be humbled by the fact that you would love us so unconditionally. I pray tonight as your word goes forth that you would use it to strengthen and to comfort and challenge your people and for any person who would listen. And that if there is someone who does not know you as personal Lord and Savior, that tonight will be the night of their salvation. Give with the words you love me to say, cleanse me of sin, empty me of self. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit that I may preach what thus saith the Lord. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. that's do your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You will be seated. The renowned artist by the name of Paul Gustav Dorr, who lived from 1821 to 1883, was traveling in Europe when he lost... His passport. When he came to a border crossing, he explained his predicament to one of the guards. Giving his name to the official, Durr hoped he would be recognized and allowed to pass. The guard, however, said that many people attempted to cross the border by claiming to be persons they were not. Door insisted that he was the man he claimed to be. All right, said the official, we'll give you a test, and if you pass, we'll allow you to go through. Handing him a pencil and a sheet of paper, he told the artist to sketch several peasants standing nearby. Doer did it so quickly and skillfully that the God was convinced that he was indeed who he claimed to be. His work confirmed his word. The presence of proof is often required to go beyond one's word. It is for this reason that we, as professing believers, are not to be content with just saying that we are Christians, but we also are to endeavor to strive to demonstrate it. Amen? The theme throughout the epistle of 1 John is that of exemplifying true Christian character. It's not just about us making claims But it's about us demonstrating that something supernatural has taken place in our lives by way of God himself. Such that what is produced, what emanates from our life by way of our actions, our attitude, our demeanor, our entire character can only be explained by the mighty working hand of almighty God. And that is why I've chosen to title this sermon series, The Christian's Signature. Because when God works in a life, my friend, there is something distinctive that comes forth by way of our lives. And in the, chapter 5 of 1 John, we have seen in some way a culmination of this theme in that the Apostle John here gives what I call a number of proofs of salvation, evidences, if you will, that would show up in the life of a person who has been transformed by the mighty working power of God. Thus far, we have seen, first of all, in verses 1 through 6 of chapter 5, that the Christian life Is characterized by a changed life. We saw that conversion takes place through the Savior. Jesus, in speaking to his disciples here on earth, said categorically, without any apology, that. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. My friend, a changed life and a transformed life comes by a person, man, woman, boy, or girl, placing their faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, and such an act of faith precipitates God supernaturally, changing that person on the inside and that demonstrating itself on the outside. So conversion is a sign of a changed life. It's a sign of being born again. And so conversion happens through the Savior. My friend, if you are born again, you should demonstrate a change in your life. That's just the reality. That's a proof, an evidence of being born again by the Spirit of God. But we saw, secondly, by way of proofs, not only conversion through the Savior, but we saw as well that a second proof is confirmation from the Spirit. When a person is transformed on the inside, God gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. My friend, if you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, you have received a divine gift from Almighty God. This third person of the Godhead comes and lives inside a believer. God seals us with this Holy Spirit. He confirms truth to us. We then begin to understand and discern truth from error, right from wrong, in accordance with the word of God. But tonight I want us to see a third proof in these verses that I read in our text And this third proof is what I want to call confidence from the scriptures. Confidence from the scriptures. Now, you will notice in these verses, the Apostle John uses the word record. He emphasizes in verse number 13, these things have I written unto you understand that the Apostle John was one of the 12 disciples. He had the unique privilege of walking and talking with Jesus, sitting under his teaching for three and a half years. And so he's writing this epistle as an individual who was privileged to have a first-hand account of Jesus' ministry here on earth. And because he was there, because he witnessed some things, because he was able to not get a second-hand report, that made him eligible to be able to give a record of what he witnessed. Now, notice first of all, by way of the confidence that you and I can have as believers from the scriptures, notice first of all in these verses that the apostle John gives what I call a powerful affirmation. A powerful affirmation. Now, notice in verse number 11, it says, and this is the what? Record. The record. So John is endeavoring in these verses by way of holy writ, by way of the scriptures that we now have to read, John was intent to document what he saw, to document what he witnessed. How many of you know that documentation is powerful? I'm sure you would agree with me that Writing things down when they are, have recently occurred is an effective way of preserving detail. It's an effective way of giving credibility to the documentation itself. We have memories and our memories don't seem to hold things permanently. Amen. Our young people, a number of them, are waiting for results from their recently concluded examinations. And I try to emphasize to my children, as much as I can, and others who would listen, that the best way to help to retain information is by way of repetition. And not waiting until the last minute. They have a phrase now, they they tell me, Daddy, cram is the jam." And that's why after they have crammed, after the exam is over, everything leaks out as fast as it went in. Don't ask them anything about the exam after it's done. Am I right? We're going to see how much cram is the jam next week. No pressure. But when it comes to documenting evidence, the important thing is to do it shortly after when you remember as much as possible. just to share with you a personal incident that happened with me this week that helped underscore how important documenting is. I knew that I was baptized when I was nine years old. Because I remember when I was baptized, I just had in my mind I was nine. And it's only a couple days ago I was going through a baptismal record and I realized that I was baptized on December 12th. Right, I guess my age is no secret. I might as well, I guess I could tell you the year. December 12th, 1982. And to be honest with you, I did not know what the exact date was. But because somebody documented it, I was able to have the detail that that was the specific day that I was baptized. And my dad is good at documenting. I mean, he documents everything. He documents when he planted spinach five years ago. He he documents when he went to the doctor. He documented when you called and what you said. I'm telling you, I wish I had the detail of documenting. God, there's so many things I wish I had the details and I just don't have it anymore. Right? And he comes in handy later. You can't come back and say, no, no, here it what it said on the document. And I had it, I documented it while you were speaking. You didn't realize that was happening. And so the document is powerful. Amen. And so John was recording. John was documenting. He says, listen, this is the what? The record. I'm documenting something to you that ought not to be refuted. I'm documenting something to you that ought not to be challenged. So understand, he makes a powerful uh, affirmation and he has documented evidence. But what what does he document? He says, I'm documenting a divine encounter. Look at what he says. This is the record. That's the documented evidence he's telling you. Listen, I got this thing written down. Uh, uh, This is recent occurrences that you can't refute this. I was there. But I'm documenting a divine encounter. What is it? This is the record. Look at this. That God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Understand that John is saying to them, I'm relating to you a divine transaction that took place. The God of the universe, the one true living God sent Jesus Christ, his son, to give you and me eternal life. You talk about a divine transaction. You talk about a divine encounter. My friend, what makes this so special is that God demonstrated his interest in mankind. Wow. No wonder that song says, In heaven's eyes there are no losers. Because God looked down on sinful man and was interested enough to, to do something about it. It says, God hath given to us eternal life. This life is in his son. Notice that God showed interest in mankind and then God interacted with mankind through the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. God sent God to earth for you and me. And in sending his son to this earth, God imparted to us, get this, eternal life. You know, we say these words and I think we don't fully grasp what we have been given by way of salvation. We're not talking about temporary life. We're not talking about some good gifts and some nice toys through life here on earth. We're talking about the fact that we have been given life everlasting. The thing that unites all of us in this thing we call humanity is the fact that we all will, if life tarries, experience this enemy called death. That, 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 that puts all of us on the same level. But think about the fact that God, in this divine, this divine encounter, sought to interrupt that trend and to give us eternal life what a blessing that's a divine encounter that's what john wanted to document he says i've given you documented evidence of this divine encounter and notice while he makes this powerful affirmation he says there's a definite effect look at verse number 12 he that hath the son hath life and he that hath not the son hath not life. Here's what John is saying. By way of this divine encounter, what God did for you and for me is a game changer. It changed everything. Life or death is linked to a person, a person, embracing Jesus Christ who has come from God. You know, there's some things and some events. If you have enough money, you get in. If you don't have enough money, you stay out. That's just how it is. The existence of money caused some people, we call them the haves, and uh, have-nots. But my friend, when it comes to this great gift of eternal life, we are talking about life that never ends. My friend, you either have it or you don't. And you have it when it's linked to a person. Thank God that if you are connected to Jesus Christ, my friend, whether you have money or not, you're part of the have's. my friend, if you don't have Jesus, you're part of the have-nots. John says, listen, this divine encounter that I'm affirming, that I'm documenting, understand that I was there. I handled the precious Jesus Christ. I was there. I touched him. I spoke to him. And so, John makes a powerful affirmation. I want you to understand the importance of this affirmation in verse number 11 and 12. Because it is based on this record that John is documenting that he is able to notice in verse 13, provide assurance. Understand the importance of what he's documenting. Notice that what we are reading by way of scriptures... Is the record is the documentation of this supernatural event and so he provides the documentation which is his powerful affirmation and this powerful affirmation here's how it's linked to to our assurance of our salvation of our proof of our salvation that he it provides assurance Look at verse number 13. He emphasizes again the importance of this documented evidence. He says, these things have I what? Written unto you. We are reading what John wrote. But notice that this assurance that he provides is given to specific people. It's given to a specific group of people. He says, these things have I written unto You, that what? Believe on the name of the Son of God. Understand that the assurance in 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 13 is given to believers. It's not addressed to a random crowd. It's addressed to those who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and know him already as personal Lord and Savior. And so, It's providing assurance to a specific group of people. But notice the specific purpose. He says that he may what? Know that he have eternal life. Here's what John wanted us to understand by way of this record. And by way of having confidence in the scriptures. You can be confident in the promise of God. That he may know. He says, you are not to be unsure. You are not to be uncertain. You are not to be worrying about whether you're saved or not. The word of God ought to assure you of your salvation. So in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. My friend, The proof of your salvation ought to be that when you read the pages of scripture, or when you read the plan of salvation, when you read what you did to receive your salvation, you say, hey, I got it, because the Bible said it. That's the importance of this record. I'm sure all of you know and of course would have heard when I was dating, my wife and I never lived in the same place before we were married. They almost extinct, long-distance relationships. I don't hear too much about them these days. I guess, they, I guess the world is so much a smaller place that it doesn't even feel like long-distance. You all got video phones and these things. I remember when I was a young person, being able to be on a video call sounded like something from the Jetsons. And it's so common here. But when we were dating, we had to use good old-fashioned pen and paper. And the postmen and post ladies knew us personally, saw us frequently. So you had to use the letters. And phone cards occasionally was a luxury. But sometimes you're so broke, you're going to have to go back to the letter because money ran out. Or your parents upset because the phone bill came back so high. You use almost half your paycheck on the phone bill. <laughs> but sometimes I couldn't talk on the phone, so what did I do? Go back to a letter that I read before, and reread it for some continuous reassurance. Why the record was there? John says. I want you to believe, I want you to be confident, I want you to know that you have eternal life. That's the specific purpose, to be confident in the promise. But I want you to notice a second thing here finally tonight, by way of John's purpose, is that you would also continue along the path. Now if you read this verse carefully, you would notice something quite interesting. That I found. I trust you'll see it as well. It says, notice, these things have I written unto you that what? Watch this. Believe on the name of the Son of God. That's the specific people. Specific purpose. That ye may know that ye have eternal life. But look at this last phrase. And that ye may what? Believe on the name of the Son of God. Now, he already said in the first part of the verse of writing these things unto you that do what? That believe on the name of the Son of God. But then he still says later on that he may believe on the name of the Son of God. Now, clearly here, he's not talking about believing for conversion. He's ultimately saying that I want you to be confident in the promise, but I want you to be so confident in this word that you continue along the path. You with me? He's saying, I want you to, to live by faith. You, you receive saving faith that, that, that gave you this great salvation, this eternal life. But I want you to have serving faith and living faith to continue believing in this record. that your confidence would motivate you to and encourage you to continue to trust God, to continue to believe. You see, my friend, proof of your salvation, proof of my salvation is found in your faith being strengthened by the word of God. When you grow in faith, it's a sign that you're saved. When the word is like milk to you and you feast on it and you can feel yourself growing because of the scriptures, my friend, that's a proof of salvation. When the word has no impact on your life, my friend, you ought to be concerned. The word of God is a light. And here's what light does. It helps you find stuff. Amen? It searches out stuff. It exposes where the mess is. The Bible says men love darkness rather than light because they what? Their deeds are evil. Why? They don't want light. You don't want the light to expose the mess. But here's what the light of God's word also does. It exposes if you're not saved. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says, For the word of God is quick, powerful, and sharper than any edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the what? Heart. The light of God's word. This is Hebrews 4.12 is proof positive that when you hear the word of God preached and you're wondering how the pastor knows that, it's not that the pastor knows that, but the Holy Spirit knows that. He says it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so John says that's the importance of this record. It 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 ought to give you some confidence. You're doubting your salvation, get into the word of God. It will shore up some doubts. And if you're not saved, it'll expose where you really are. And so John gives, if you will, uh, another proof of salvation. That the word of God is God's record. Of what he has done for lost mankind. And John says, These things I have written unto you that ye may know. Every single child of God ought to have assurance of their salvation. They ought to come with the package, and the assurance comes from the record. And the record works in conjunction with the Holy Spirit of God thank God for proof you know when you have proof nobody can make you doubt and John says we got proofs of salvation here that once you have the evidence you can be assured that you have eternal life thank God for evidence Thank God for proof. And that proof ought to be for us personally, and it ought to be as well for those who don't know Christ, who can identify and say, I see the proof. That person is a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ.